0: Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Jim Rohn. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man. Out here learning on the fly, trying to do the Hello, and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast, joined by my other, my, my other co-host, I guess by definition a co-host is <laughs> the other host, Perry Hughes, who you hear laughing at me in the background already. We're off to a great start yes. for this episode. Perry, welcome.
1: What's up, brother? I'm laughing with you, and I got to tell you what, man, I am pumped to be here today. I have been listening to the podcast's that have been dropped lately. The ones that I was not around for, you know, off on the, um, coming of age trip with Liam and man, I tell you what, those are gold. Those are such good episodes. And man, I got to tell you what, like, I was like just longing to be there with you and these guests. And I'm like, Oh man, I can't believe I missed it. You know, like, and it was like, I needed to miss it. Right. The coming of age trip with Liam is a big deal. It's important. You know, like, Justifiable misses, but man, I, I, I longed to be sitting, you know, across the zoom, uh, from you and those guests. And, and it was cool. I started to listen to the, what to expect about birth actually this morning as I was driving in to the office for this recording and I'm just on fire, man. I'm pumped up to be here today, brother. I'm stoked.
0: Good. Yeah, you probably had a million questions that you would have asked the guest, too. So we definitely missed having you and and your perspective. But we are fired up for this episode and really for the coming year. So I would say, again, I guess, Happy New Year. Sort of, again, I don't know what the etiquette is for how long into January you're allowed to still say Happy New Year. <laughs> but this is the second episode of the year, and we wanted to really follow on from the episode that we did uh, last week where we talked about planning for the new year and setting intentions for the new year, growing with your kids, setting goals and all of that. And we wanted to talk about what we are doing personally to grow in our own fatherhood journey in the hopes that you guys might benefit from some of what we're doing. Maybe you want to read some of the same books, listen to same some of the same things. I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm often curious in my own mind, like, I wonder what I wonder what he reads, or I wonder what she listens to, or I wonder what they do in terms of their own personal development and growth. And, uh, and so we just sort of wanted to open that up to you. You may already have a great list of books you're going to read this year, and podcasts you're listening to, and things that you're going to be doing to grow yourself as a father, and hopefully that includes continuing to listen to the Faithful Fatherhood podcast, by the way. Uh, but... We want to do more than that. And so we're going to go through really sort of our lists of things that we are currently reading. So number one, we're going to talk about what we are reading and books that maybe you can consider reading along with us. Number two would be what we're listening to, and that would include certainly podcasts, but YouTube, I listen to some stuff on YouTube, sermons. I actually go back and listen to some of the sermons from churches, like two churches ago that I attended who throw their stuff up on the internet these days, and you can listen to really anybody anywhere in the world, which is a really cool thing. And then number three, we're going to talk about what we are doing in terms of, like our prayer life, what, what we're praying, what we're in being intentional about to support our our spiritual journey, our growth journey with the Lord, uh, what we are praying right now. So so that's it. We're going to run through those three areas and just share some resources with you. We'll post as many of those in the show notes as we can so that uh, if you're interested in any of them, you can just grab the links as a quick way to get that that resource. Before we dive in, Perry, any wins from the week?
1: Sure. Thanks for asking. So this week, we, we love to give the gift of experience to our kids. And this year for Christmas, we gave them the gift of day camp at a place called the Riveter nearby. And it is an indoor rock climbing facility. It's pretty massive, lots of great climbing there. Uh, They got yoga, weight room, other stuff too, but climbing is the main focus for our kids. And then also there's an outdoor mountain bike, BMX park, dirt jump kind of, um, flow course. You know, it's like all these different paths, different level jumps. There's the green, there's the blue, there's the double blue, black, double black. So there's all variations of jumps and our kids are off at camp this week. And so, you know, there's oftentimes where our fathering wins are those special one-on-one moments with each other. Right making time for the kids, doing something special together, reading them a book at night to put them to bed, having a tickle fight, a wrestling match, whatever, right? Those are all important, big things. They might, and fathering wins might be teachable moments, you know? And sometimes, fathering wins are giving them an experience out away from you, your presence, your influence, that's going to help them grow, that's going to help them have fun, that's going to help them stretch and be challenged. And so that's my fathering. That's one of my fathering wins for the week is we put them in that camp and we drop them off, come back to our gymnastics business, our office, and getting a few things done here. And I'm also leaning into uh, my high performance coaching business, getting, getting tasks done there. But it's unusual for our family because we homeschool our kids. So to drop them off and leave them for, you know, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's kind of a foreign thing for us. It's strange. You know, we were all kind of laughing about that this morning as everybody was hustling and bustling to get ready, gathering things and getting out the door, you know. Um, my wife, Nancy, was like, gosh, can you guys imagine doing this like every day the school year <laughs> and you know, everybody's eye, brains were just like, this is crazy, you know, like, so kudos to all you families and fathers out there that um, have. uh I would say mastered, but maybe you wouldn't, maybe you would laugh if I say you've mastered the, the, the task of getting out the door with your family in the morning, but man, that's a challenge.
0: <laughs> it is. It's definitely a challenge, but good for you. That sounds awesome. And I'm sure the kids then come home from camp every day, super fired up, ready to tell stories and here's what happened. And so they're oh, yeah. enjoying it. And yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's big time. How about you? What's your, what's a win for you this week? We taught our kids. I taught, I taught my kids, uh, my older boys how to do their own laundry. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So as we headed into the new year, I mean, I've just been taking inventory of everything in my life and the things that give me the most frustration and the things that are sucking the most of my time. And, and I'm like doing my kids' laundry. I'm just constantly – and I I do more of the laundry uh, than my wife does for, for various reasons. It, it's fine. It is what it is. But I'm like, my kids are old enough to do their own laundry. Yeah, they are. Well, why can't they? You know, I I don't think I did my laundry until I went off to college, but yeah, neither. Oh, you know, I mean, there's no reason they can't be doing it now. And and I was actually talking right. with a friend of mine who who is still doing her laundry for like her 20 something age kids, and she's like she pulled me aside and almost like whispered like she was embarrassed she was like I think I've done my kids a disservice by not equipping them to be a little bit more self self-reliant you know and, and in the back of my mind I'm like yeah you have you shouldn't be doing your kids laundry when they're in their 20s but why wait till they're 18 and so yeah we just taught them how to do that and I you know, because I got it I got tired of my basketball jerseys not clean and okay well, now it's hundred percent on you. If you go to basketball practice with a stinky jersey, that's on you. You know, you have complete control now of making sure you have the underwear you like and the the jerseys clean and your your favorite hoodie is washed and ready for the next school day and whatever. And so, yeah. now if that's my great. water bill is through the roof because they're doing laundry <laughs> like every day, now you have to you have to wear more than one pair of underwear and more than one shirt. But as long as things are going okay, we'll uh, we'll stick with it.
1: Man, that's great. I love it.
0: So. Let's transition and and let's just talk about growing, growing ourselves as fathers. And I am a huge proponent obviously of reading. I know a lot of listeners may be more books on tape people and that's totally fine, right? It's all about leveraging time. I spend a lot of time in my car taking my kids to and from school and so I like to listen to stuff while I'm driving as well. Uh, I know Perry, you're a you're a books on tape guy yourself. I am. But I also am a very big proponent of actually reading. A whole separate reason for that. There's stuff that happens in the brain when you actually are reading words with your eyes. Uh, it it impacts the brain differently than just hearing the information. You retain stuff differently when you're actually reading. So I'm not going to harp too much on that and put too much of a plug in, in terms of encouraging you to read. Um, but, but I certainly do like to always try to have something that I am tangibly physically reading in addition to whatever I'm I'm listening to. Uh, let's just run through a few of the things, Perry, that you and I are listening or are reading (laughs) ourselves. That we think will be helping us as fathers and listeners may benefit from as well. So I'll throw it to you first. What what's something you are reading heading into the new year?
1: So right now I'm currently reading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Have you ever read that book?
0: I have read it. Yeah, it's been a while. I think I don't. I forget when that book came out, but I think it was it been at least five years ago that I read that for business. Yeah, it's
1: not a new. It's not a new book. Um, and I don't. I'm trying to look to see right here. I just pulled it up. I don't. I don't see right off the bat where when it came out. But the basic premise of that book is that um, you know, oftentimes in life we operate in our arena of competency or even excellence. Yet God calls us to live in the arena of our genius. And so it's talking about kind of glass ceilings that we've made for ourselves, or maybe our upbringing has you know the way our parents raised us, or you know, I mean, it could be something as small as a look that you know your mother gave you when something happened, and it just kind of helped solidify this glass ceiling in your life. Um, and so, it's just talking about number one, understanding our own limiting beliefs and how we can break through those, and how we can in 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 fact make the big leap from our sphere of excellence or, you know, and into the realm of genius, you know, the thing that only I, Perry Hughes, can do, the thing that only you, Brett, can do, you know what I mean? And so it's a very, it's an excellent book. I'm enjoying it. I'm partway through it right now.
0: And uh, man,
1: it's a great read. So I'm I'm pretty jacked about
0: it. I remember when I read that book, it was 100% for business as an entrepreneur, thinking about how to take a big leap in my business But hearing you describe that, I think it would be really interesting for me to go back and reread it, thinking about it through the lens of fatherhood, how to how to break through those glass ceilings. I've talked about it on the podcast before, this idea of agreements that maybe we've made with ourselves that are false agreements about how we are as a father. Well, I'm just this way, or I can never do this with my kids, or you know, those for whatever reason we have beliefs, agreements that we've made in our own fatherhood that if we could break through those, imagine the leap we could make in terms of the relationship with our kids, our wives. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. So uh, may re- may revisit that one in the new year. I'm reading yeah. a book called Heaven by cool. Randy Alcorn. And and this has been actually a really cool development just over the past few weeks. So if if as listeners, you remember, we had Brian Bulky on as a guest a few episodes ago, and he shared... Man, just an unbelievable story of, of really things he has walked through in his own life. But one of the things he talked about in terms of how he has gotten through some of the tragedies in his own life and just and grown as a man and grown as a father without his human father, part of the story he tells is how he lost his human father, uh, his earthly father. A number of years ago. But he really talks about and credits the value and impact in his own life of being surrounded by other men and mm. intentionally tapping into just a brotherhood of other believers and, and iron sharpens iron and, and people who can speak into his life. And, and he talks about going on retreats and, and men's groups and all of these types of things. And it was really convicting and encouraging to me as I was talking with Brian on that episode that I need more of more of that in my own life. And about yeah. the same time that was all happening, God's so cool this way. Uh, you know, hey, hey. I literally my son, my oldest son's basketball coach is a former pastor. I guess maybe he's still a pastor, I don't know, but he just moved here from California. Um, and he he has a men's group that he does every Friday morning. He's like, Hey man, why don't you come, why don't you come join us? And uh I was like yes okay you know my my knee-jerk reaction was no I can't Friday mornings they're busy I got to take the kids to school blah blah I can't I can't I was like why not I'll just ask Melanie to take Friday mornings and what if I could do that and so I have I've been doing it and and the book they're going through is heaven so the reason you know I, I wouldn't say it's like a great fatherhood book or anything like that but I'm I'm reading it now in the context of this men's group and it's actually it's been helpful for me because I don't you know I've I've tried to follow the Lord for years and years and years and years and and I don't think I've Given much thought to to heaven, other than just sort of a destination that I'm pretty sure I'm going to when I die, but what's it actually going to be like, and what what can we know about it, and what what should we be expecting about it? So anyway, it's been a fun read so far, and even more than the book and the read, it's been really good to tap into a new group of men who who I'm getting to know and enjoy their company, and uh, excited to see where that group group leads in the future.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I I know you're saying, Hey, this book's not really about fatherhood. And I want to echo what you said earlier is that, you know, just talking about being an avid reader and talking about how we as fathers, as men, husbands, all the different roles in our lives, the more we can grow ourselves the better we can be in all those roles, right? So even if it's not necessarily a book about how to be a better father, if it's a book about how to understand Jesus more, how to be a, a more intentional apprentice uh, apprentice of Christ, how to be a better money manager, yeah, right? Yes. Like all, whatever we can do as men to further personal develop ourselves, it's automatically going to translate to all the roles that we have in our lives. But anyway, I'm excited about that book about heaven and, and Randy Alcorn. I wrote that one down. I'm curious, have you ever read the Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn? I have not. Oh, bro, this is an awesome book, The Treasure Principle uh, by Randy Alcorn. Very, very cool book. I read it a while ago, and uh, and then I also digested it on Audible. Sometimes I do both, you know. and I, I'm intrigued by how the brain works differently reading visually with your eyes and hearing audibly with your ears. And sometimes I will digest a book in both ways. I love reading it because I'll write in the margins, I underline stuff, I mark it up, I dog ear the pages. Exactly. And so it's more interactive for me. Um, but I do also like listening to books too, but, um, heaven is one and we'll maybe get to this later too on the, on the show, but heaven is one that is really good to listen with your kids.
0: You mean the treasure, the treasure principle?
1: Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. The treasure principle. Thank you for that catch. Um, The treasure principle is something great to listen to with your kids. Now, full disclaimer. Um, I think you should listen. If you're going to put something in front of your kids ears or in front of their eyes, you probably should look at it first yourself and decide for yourself. Would this be good for my kids? For me personally, the treasure principle was a book that I listened to on audible. I loved it. And it's a pretty short book. So on one of our trips back from the coast to where we live, I said, hey, guys, we're going to listen to a book that's about God's idea on money. Are y'all cool with that? You know, and they were young. This is a few years ago. I said, you know, are you going to can you put on your, you know, put on your put on your man hat for a minute and let's think about God's design for money. So I love Randy Alcorn. That's he's a he's a great author and he's got a great insight to Um money and doing things God's way. I can't wait to digest that book, uh, heaven by him too. So that's cool.
0: Anything else you're reading?
1: Um, well, I will tell you something that I have that I am going to read. I haven't started it yet, but a book I'm going to read is, um, by David Goggins. And if you don't know David Goggins, uh, he is very much an R rated speaker. Um, he cusses a lot in his, in his books and what he does and all that stuff. Um, I'm scrolling right now to find the title. I literally just downloaded it. Never finished by David Goggins. So, um, that's something I'm getting ready to dive into. So it might be a disaster, uh, you know, who knows, <laughs> but that's, what's on my up next, uh, to read book. Um, but I can say one that I just finished. Which was an incredible book. Um, and I, I can give glowing reviews for this. And it is The Forgotten Way by Ted Decker. Yes. That book is, I mean, wow, like life changing, incredibly amazingly good. So I have, I read that this year, this past year. I'll probably reread it uh, because it was so impactful and so good for me this past year.
0: It's a good reminder. First of all, I love Ted Decker. Uh, Second of all, that book has been sitting on my wife's bedside table for a number of months now, and I remember you telling me how good it is, and I'm I'm excited to dive into that myself as soon as she is done with it. So I have plenty of other things to be reading, including, I guess the last one I'll touch on is a book I also just got and haven't started reading yet, but I'm starting it this week. It's called What Happened to You? conversations on trauma resilience and healing by Dr Bruce Perry so this is very intentionally a book that I think and hope will help me as a father my encouragement to you guys the listeners and to myself is to continually try to to understand our kids better to seek understanding and you've heard me relate on this podcast how my two older boys are adopted they've been with us so long at this point I, I you know, it's hard to remember that they haven't been with us their whole lives, but sadly, the first few years of their lives were traumatic in a number of ways in terms of being passed around from place to place, seeing things they shouldn't in terms of like drug deals and things like that. Hopefully, no physical abuse that we're aware of, but a lot of mental and emotional abuse and just lack of stability in their own lives. And so there are ramifications of that. There's literally rewiring of brain the, the brain that happens when kids experience trauma, really when anybody experiences experiences trauma. And I want to understand that better. And and the reason I have chosen this book is I will often find myself if not verbally saying it, although sadly sometimes I do say it, at least thinking it. You know, my kids will do something and I'll be like, "What's wrong with you?" You know, like like what like yeah. what are you doing? What is wrong yeah. with you? Like that you would do that. And when I read this book or like sort of the summary of this book, it, it literally touches on that. It says, you know, so often we say what's wrong with you when instead the question we should be asking is what happened to you? Mm. hence the title of the book what happened to you yeah. so the question isn't what's wrong with my kids that they are the way they are that they're acting the way that they are that they're thinking the way that they're thinking maybe and and maybe there are right? there are things that we need to we certainly can't accept wrong behavior or bad behavior and and maybe there are things to be corrected but really as a father the question i need to be asking is what happened to you. Why are you the way you are? Is there a reason that is the way you're going through life right now? Is there a, is there a, maybe literally the way your brain is wired right now because of past trauma is the way that you're showing up in this area of your life. And it's making me is driving me crazy, it's making me mad. It's it's what's wrong like it's what's making me ask what's wrong with you, but maybe there's nothing wrong with you or even if there is something wrong with you what's more important is that I understand why. And what yeah. happened to you and an understanding and an empathy. And so anyway, that's what I'm hoping certainly I get out of the book. I think I'll learn a lot. It's very well reviewed. You know, anyway, so I think I think it's going to be a really good book. And I'm really, if it's not this book, I uh, I am on a journey to find books that are gonna help me better understand my two older boys from a trauma standpoint. So by the way, as listeners, guys, if you have anything, maybe you've read something, please share it with us. Email us faithfulfatherhood2015 at gmail.com. If you have a title that that you think is in line with what I'm explaining, I'm looking for. By all means, pass it along. But but I'm excited to dive into this book and see what it has to say.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. And I've got to Brett an ongoing list of books that have been impactful in my life. A lot of a lot of great books that I've read over the years that have really changed my life. You know, you got to think someone has spent. Ten thousand hours learning something, mastering something, understanding something—that's right. And we can digest the summary of their ten thousand hours by reading the book that they've written. I mean, why wouldn't we do that all the time? You know, it's like, man, this person has spent a lifetime of pain and sweat and bleeding and saw and suffering and challenge, and they've written about how much they've learned and transformed from it, or they've understood from it, and in a matter of hours, we can read through it and, and whoa, tr- be transformed.
0: It's beautiful. And we can listen to people talk about their life experiences and their expertise and their 10,000 hours and their own growth journeys as well. That's the beauty in today's day and age of podcasting, which is absolutely exploding. But people can get their messages up on YouTube. They can put their sermons online, as I suggested earlier. And so there's a lot to listen to out there in addition to the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. Uh, But I'm curious, Perry, let's transition a little bit. What are you listening to these days? Sure.
1: So right
0: now I'm listening to the affluent entrepreneur,
1: Mel Abraham. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not. Um, I am uh, certified as a high performance coach through Brendan Burchard, the greatest you know, life coach, high performance coach in the world right now. I've gone through his certification process. I'm equipped to take people through his 12-week course and do all the things. Well, Mel is affiliated with Brendan. And at my coaches summit that I went to um as a research and to keep all my stuff active and to just glean knowledge in the industry, um, Mel was one of the speakers at this event. And he's an um, entrepreneur, CPA. Um, just a guy who has a very vast knowledge of not only building financial wealth, but building relational wealth and experiential wealth in your life and a balanced life, right? That's all super important. But he also, because he's a CPA, has a vast understanding of how to make smart decisions and how to create companies that own intellectual property and then create other companies that um have, you know, rights to use that intellectual property and how to how to basically build walls of protection around, you know, an empire that you've built. And so I'm very interested in that right now at this stage of my life. Um and so that's a it's a cool podcast. It's very fresh to me. I've only listened to a couple episodes, but where I am in my life right now, it's something that is uh very uh feeding to, to me, and I, I'm learning a lot through it. So it's a pretty cool podcast. The Affluent Entrepreneur. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm listening to a podcast that I also recently found by John Eldridge. So listeners may remember John Eldridge as the author of Fathered by God, a book that we have gone through in, in, in part. On this podcast, he is also the author of probably his most famous book that I know a lot of men have listened or have read called Wild at Heart. It turns out he has a podcast called the Wild at Heart Podcast. And so I've started listening to that and it's awesome. And what I think uh, I like most about it is that it seems like every episode I have listened to so far has delivered something I needed to hear right when I needed to hear it. Absolutely. So it's like I I don't I don't have it on alert to where oh every time there's a new episode I immediately listen to it but when I do listen to it whether it's God leading me there whatever it is it's like boom man I needed that today I needed to hear that perspective on a topic I have been wrestling with uh, and and the most recent example just to make it real and concrete and I actually shared this with you Perry yesterday when we chatted but um, you know I. I'm such a driven type A personality and I'm always on to the next thing and I'm always striving and trying to trying to grow and, and thinking about my business and ready to ready to dive headlong into whatever projects I'm working on and so forth. And so, you know, Christmas came and Christmas went and it's the day after Christmas. And, you know, I'm ready to, I'm literally ready to go back down in my office and respond to a million emails and plan for the podcast and plan for videos I need to record for my other business and, and do all this marketing stuff. And like, I'm just ready to like, dive back in. And sure enough, the day after Christmas, I pull up the podcast, Wild at Heart Podcast, and I listen to John's perspective and, and his co hosts kind of talking about, okay, well, how should we maybe think about this season and the day after Christmas and this time period after Christmas? And he spent some time talking about the powerful need we have and the incredible benefits that accrue from Transition and giving yourself space to transition well that in his words 2023 you know the new year was going to come on headlong you know at some point it's coming like a freight train it's going to be here before you know it you're going to have plenty of time uh, plenty of time to do your to-do lists and get into the the weeds of your business and do all the things uh but give yourself give your heart give your mind give your spirit time to to transition and man i needed to hear that word right in that moment and i actually put on pause some of the things I had been intending to do, and I spent a beautiful morning sledding with my kids. We had some snow here in East Tennessee, and I've spent some quiet time, and I've read a pleasure book that I hardly ever read pleasure books anymore because it's all about business books and fatherhood books and all of this type of stuff, and and I spent some time with my wife, and we played board games with with our kids yesterday in the afternoon without worrying about the to-do list and all the things that I felt like I needed to do. Just taking the encouragement of a time of transition, and and I may not have done that if I hadn't listened to John Eldridge's podcast at just the moment that that I did. And so anyway, he's got some good stuff out there. Whether it hits you exactly when you need it or not, what they talk about is really interesting. So the Wild at Heart podcast by John Eldridge.
1: So one a, how cool is it that the Lord provides for us like right in the moment that we need? You know what a what a beautiful God we serve. What a all-encompassing, all-powerful, omnipresent, just amazing, relational God. Like, you needed to hear that John Eldridge podcast right then. And the Holy Spirit prompted you, and you listened to it. And hey, thanks to John Eldridge for making that podcast. That's right. Because, the Lord, you know, the Lord prompted him to, to do it. So, man, what a beautiful picture. That just gets me stoked. But anyway, um, a couple other podcasts that I'm listening to that are, again, very fresh for me just off of my coach's summit. And they might be surprising to the listeners because typically, uh, you know, I might be listening to Jocko and Joe Rogan, you know, these like super manly men, you know, like, yeah, let's listen to the Jocko podcast. I got a lot of seat time. uh, who's, Who's
0: Jocko for people who may not know?
1: Okay. So anybody who doesn't know, Jocko is a larger than life human being, Navy SEAL, not just a SEAL, but a trainer of Navy SEALs, uh jujitsu, black belt, extraordinaire entrepreneur, you know, business consultant. He's written a lot of books on leadership. Um, just just a uh, an intensely dangerous human being, right. manly man, yeah. you know. Uh, he's awesome. He's a great guy. And I love listening to his podcast. He th- He's very focused oftentimes on military podcasts. He'll read books of former people in the military and kind of have them on the show as a guest and, and, and just digest a lot of leadership principles, but it's through the lens of military. Now, two new podcasts that I'm listening to are like chicks, like they're these ladies, you know, that I came to... No, one of them, Jasmine Starr, was a speaker at the Coaches Summit, and another one, uh, Sarah, Sarah Arnold Hall, was a um, fellow participant in the Coaching Summit. So I got to know both of these two ladies—one from being on the stage and me listening to her presentation—that's Jasmine Starr. Another one, Sarah, just through connecting, networking, and getting to know her. Sarah's podcast is called "How to Take a- How to Take Action." she's a new zealander and it's a quick podcast on productivity you know most of them are like 10 minutes so i can listen to that podcast on the way home or on the way from home to the office and it's just a great podcast she's also a high performance coach and so it's you know a, a great podcast um very much enjoy that and then the other one is the jasmine star show and she's a lady who is basically providing a podcast, teaching people how to build a personal brand. And that's something that I'm really leaning into this coming year as I am trying to grow my kind of second career. Well, really my third, my first career was ministry and young life. My second career was owning a gymnastics business. And now kind of my third career is leaning into high performance coaching, doing faithful fatherhood podcast, you know, things like that. Um, and so the Jasmine star show is all about how to build a personal brand. And, um, man, a year ago, I would have told you that I hate social media. I don't want to build a personal brand. It's, it's the devil's work. I hate it. Blah, blah, blah. All Facebook tries to do is turn us into scroll monsters. Uh, but I've since had a new enlightenment. And so that's important to me to learn how to build a personal
0: brand. Cool. I'm, I'll actually check that one out because it's something I'm conscious of currently in my business as well. So thanks for sharing that. One final one I'll touch on before we kind of transition to the final category, another podcast that I think is worth plugging here is called At Home with the Bevere's. It's a podcast by John and Lisa Bevere, B-E-V-E-R-E, and their kids. So it's usually a roundtable discussion of at least four voices on most episodes as they really just sort of open up their life and their family and what worked for them as parents and what didn't work for them as parents, and John is very transparent about again what he did well he thinks as a father, what he didn't do very well as a father. If you don't know the Bevers, they're uh, they're very they're very widely known, respected leaders in. In the Christian world, I would say uh, Melanie. Melanie really started following them after we lost Willow, our uh, our daughter, about a year and a half ago, and and bought some of their books and really just started listening to their messages. And she would occasionally, and I knew she was listening to their stuff, and she would occasionally send me clips to listen to. And then finally, I I did. I started to like listen to whatever she would send me and read whatever she sent me. I was like, this is this is like really good stuff thank you wife <laughs> thank you melanie she she tends to know some things and what would impact me and and it's 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 similar in a lot of ways to what we're doing here, just trying to open up our own lives and our own fathering for you, the listener, so that you can learn from our mistakes and our successes. And here's what we're thinking, and here's what the Lord's doing in our lives, and here's what I'm hearing, and and all of that. And that's kind of what they're doing in real time as well, as they sit around. John and Lisa are sort of the, the grandparents and uh but and their kids though are, are more of the age that that Perry and I are in sort of the same season of fathering that we are. And so it's really helpful, I think, to get their perspective as well, not just John and Lisa's perspective, but their kids' perspectives who are, you know, they're, they're, grown, they're grown men and women now and, and raising kids. And so anyway, I just, I've learned a lot, and I think, I think you guys might benefit from it as well at home with the Bevere's. That's great. I'm looking forward to checking that out. So let's transition. We, we've talked about what we're reading, what we're listening to, and, and I think it's important as well to talk a little bit about what we are praying. And that's sort of a weird category, or like how do we, what, like what does that mean? But but what are we doing for our spiritual growth, our spiritual development? What is our prayer life right now, and what are we doing intentionally to try to be better fathers in terms of what we are Praying, and I have I have a few things that I want to talk about, but thought I'd maybe kick it over to you, Perry, first to hear kind of what you're doing.
1: Sure, thanks, Brett. So <clears throat> for me, I am resurrecting an old habit and mm-hmm. um, function of my former prayer life that somehow, you know, you uh, you've been following Christ for a long time. I've been following Christ for a long time, you know, twenty plus years from. The moment of me going, okay, Lord, you say jump, and I'll say how high, right? It doesn't mean I've lived a perfect Christian life. Of you know, I've made a lot of mistakes over the years, but it was that sophomore year of college for me that I said, okay, enough screwing around. I'm actually, I'm not just going to have you as Savior, Lord, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you as like the boss of my life. I'm gonna actually live life in a way that. You're leading me to live. I'm not just going to believe in you. I'm going to follow you and let you call me to things that I, you know, I maybe don't want to do, but guess what? I'm going to do it anyway because you say so, right? That's been a 20 plus year journey for me now. And so over the years, I've had different ways of praying, different ways of connecting with the Lord. And one that I'm really excited to bring back into my daily practice is a prayer journal. And one of the things I learned from a book that I read that, you know, the Lord doesn't necessarily want to hear the exact same prayer out of our mouth every day, right? Like you think about your interactions with people and there's like, should be some daily details. There should be some authenticity of what's happening. It shouldn't just be only a ritual. Now I'm not saying there's inherently things wrong with ritualistic prayer. Like there's, you know, the Lord's prayer, like all these things are good. Um, Please don't hear me say there's something wrong with those. But in addition to that, there needs to be some in the moment, some reality, some variety. It's, this is a relationship with God Almighty that we're talking about here. So one of the ways I've developed that prayer life is to write out my prayers And the reason that this has really been cool for me, and this prayer journaling thing is kind of twofold. So right now I'm talking about the early years of my prayer journaling. And then in a minute, I'm going to talk about the later years. And as I lean into 2023, I'm going to try to step into doing both at the same time. So in my early years, I would pray prayers of things situationally that I needed the Lord to solve. Maybe they're obstacles that are facing me. Maybe they are Um, challenges, maybe it is, you know, it could be health, it could be finances, it could be relational, anything that I'm really going, Hey, Lord, this thing seems bigger than me, I need your direction on this, help me solve this challenge. And I will write out the things that I'm, you know, trying to get an answer about. And the fun thing about that is at the end of the month, or at the end of the year, or quarterly, to actually flip back, Those prayers and y'all, it is crazy. (laughs) It's crazy how much of the prayers the Lord answers that we maybe forget about. It's like, oh man, I would I had been praying about this fervently for two months last year or last quarter or in January, you know, in March, whenever it was. And you flip back to that previous quarter, and you're like, Whoa, God like totally answered this prayer,
0: you know. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Like my kid was having my kid was having nightmares every night asleep, sleep, these night terrors. We didn't know how to fix it, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm praying about this. Hey, Lord, please help JP get through these night terrors. Help us become educated so that we can know how to deal with it, right? And for months and months and months, it's like, oh, man, we got no solution, no solution, no solution. And then God provided a solution. We learned that if, okay, if you wake the kid up, you know, five minutes before the night terrors, then it takes them out of that sleep cycle and you break that habit of night terror. And then, you know, after a week of waking them up, Hey, get them roused, turn the light on, make them sit up, give them a sip of water, whatever, put them back to sleep. There's no more night terrors. Right. And so it's like, Oh, forget how the Lord comes through and answers these prayers. Oh Lord, I need X amount of dollars to pay this bill. Right. Whatever it may be. It, for me, I don't know how it is for you and all the listeners, but my human mind, when I'm not right in the thick of that major need, sometimes I, I just forget. The way to number one, glorify God as we go back and look at those answered prayers. And number two, y'all, it it really builds my faith. Yes, It really builds my trust in, okay, the Lord is who he says he is. Because sometimes when you're right in the thick of it, and the solution isn't evident, and you're just drowning, man, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to have that faith, right? Peter's walking on water, but then he looks at the waves, and he starts to sink. And so sometimes we sink, and then God reaches out and pulls us up, and it's really fun to look back at all the ways that God rescues us and answers prayer and comes through and is faithful, and that builds on our faith and trust in him. So that's a really cool way to do a prayer journal. And I'm going to be praying over my kids specifically and my wife and our family. I'm going to write out everybody's name and and actually write a specific prayer for them. It might be situational. It might be their heart. It might be something they're walking through. But I'm going to be praying over my family, my wife, my kids, and our family as a unit as we walk into 2023.
0: Um, Are you going to be doing, is I'm, that a daily thing you're going to be doing or like a, once a week? What? What's the time frame daily. on that?
1: Yeah, daily. And it's, it doesn't have to take a long time. It might be 10 minutes, you know, just write down some prayers for, for my family, individually and as a unit. Um, and then also, this one might seem a little crazy to some people. What I'm going to say next. I'm it intrigued. Might seem, it might seem crazy to you. I don't know. It seemed crazy to me at first. And there was a lot of yeah, but there's a lot of what ifs. Well, one of the books, it's a daily devotional that has greatly impacted my life, and it's called Jesus Calling. I
0: don't know I'm if familiar with it, yeah. Sarah
1: Young? Sarah Young. It's a beautiful daily devotional. There's an adult version. There's a kid's version. I highly recommend anybody who's interested in deepening their personal walk with Jesus throughout the day to dive into this Jesus Calling book. It's beautiful. It's great. There's a little message in there, and then there's some scriptures that kind of go along with that message. And it's a daily thing. You can pick it up and, and read it as a devotional. It's awesome. Well, the premise of this devotional, this lady was, um, I think she's the pastor of a church for a long time. She's written a lot of books, et cetera. Well, she wanted to hear from God more often. And sometimes we forget that prayer is actually a two-way street. I spent many of my years as a Christ follower speaking lots of prayer, speaking lots of prayer, but not really giving much time to listening. Because the reality is, I don't know how it is for you, but I I would assume it's this way for most people because it's very much this way for me. Thinking that we're going to listen for the voice of God is kind of a scary thing. I mean, at least it was for me as I first began to say, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to listen to God's voice because all those questions of Reality, negativity, questioning, is that really God's voice? Is this just my own thoughts? I mean, how do we determine what is an inspiration from the Lord? And and one of Perry Hughes's just thought processes, right? So this idea of I'm gonna pray and ask for the Lord to speak, and then I'm gonna shut up. Is that's a really scary thing to do? It's hard to do. It was hard for me. Um, and I have gotten out of the practice of that. But what I would do is I would pray, Lord, speak to me. And then I would pull my pen out and I would sit down, set the pen in front of the journal and I would be still and I would be quiet. and then I, And then I would wait for the thoughts that well up from within me and write all those things down. Now, I have a personal belief that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So oftentimes the voice of the Lord can actually come from within. Because guess what?
0: That's He's in where us. he lives. He's in us. Yes.
1: So I think we have oftentimes overcomplicated hearing from God or dismissed. I think the Lord speaks to each of us often throughout the day and often we don't necessarily recognize it as the voice of the Lord because we might just think of it as a passing thought or we might think of it as whatever, but we haven't learned to identify often how God will speak to us. God speaks through other believers. God speaks through his word. God yes can speak as an audible booming voice but God can also speak in the stillness and the smallness from within our own thoughts so i'm leaning back into journaling as a listening prayer journal as well and for anybody who's like wow you're crazy perry that's way too vulnerable that's way too unsure i'm i'm too nervous about that i'm scared to try that what's god going to say to me You know, cool, like, hey, I'm I've been there. I I was that I was that fearful. I don't know about this. This all seems kind of a little eh, questionable. But from my personal experience, as I stepped into that unknown, stepped into the uncertainty, stepped into, I'm not really sure how this is gonna go, but I'm gonna have faith. I'm gonna trust in the Lord, I'm gonna trust in myself, and let's just give it a try. And it—I'm telling you what—there was never a day that I sat down with a blank page and a pen and a stillness in my spirit, where the Lord did not show up. He showed up every time. Yeah. So that's cool. That's a cool way that I'm gonna—I and I've gotten out of that habit. I haven't done that for a couple of years now, and I'm—I'm I'm gonna dive back into both of
0: those um, prayer practices. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, you talk about two fears, right? There's the fear that you won't hear anything, so maybe you're afraid that you're going to make yourself vulnerable and not hear anything. And then there's the fear that you will hear something, and what is God <laughs> going to tell me? You know, and, and might I then have to make a decision as to whether or not to follow and honor what, what I hear him telling me? But I do just want to just settle really quickly on, I think, the last thing that you said in case... In case some of the listeners don't quite have the experience that you're talking about where, I mean, you're saying that literally there wasn't a time you didn't hear something when you sat down. I'm thinking about a conversation I actually just had with another buddy of mine. It was a few weeks ago, but uh, he was talking about the intentionality of first thing in the morning before he starts his work day, getting quiet before the Lord and, and listening. And he blocks out a full hour every single morning at a minimum. Yeah. And you use this word practice. You said, I have gotten out of the practice of it. And I think hearing from God is almost a practice. It, it takes it takes regularity. It takes intentionality. It takes doing it more than just once. Hey, I'm going to go sit quietly for 10 minutes and hope God shows up in these 10 minutes that I have so graciously carved out of my day for him, you know? But no, it's, <laughs> it's a more regular, intentional time period because my buddy was saying when he started to do it. He heard nothing. He just sat in and he said it was weird. It was awkward. My mind would wander, almost like if you've ever tried meditation. I couldn't keep from thinking about all the things I had to do during the day. I would sit for an hour and hear nothing. Yeah. And then I would just be like, okay, well, on with my day, I guess, you know, and then you try tomorrow and sit for an hour. Yeah. And if you ever sat completely quiet doing nothing for an hour, it's it's a weird feeling, right? Like you're talking about it. Nothing. Then he started to hear some things, and then it became more regular, and then God did start showing up in the time that he had carved out. And I don't know what's going on there, but I would simply say, and I've had that experience myself, I share that simply to say, God does show up, everything Perry said is exactly right, and maybe you'll have that experience where, man, every day when you carve out that time for the Lord, there's something there. But don't be afraid... Of the times when maybe you feel like, first of all, God's always there. But even if you're not hearing something profound every single day, just stick with it. You know, do it. I, and, and so I just love your encouragement, Perry. I, I, I'm I'm going to dust off my prayer journal as well and do a lot more sitting in silence and not just not just upholding my end of the conversation, but trying to hear really what's probably the more important side of the conversation, which is God's side of the conversation. So that's really good encouragement.
1: That's right. And so just to reiterate what you're saying, you know, and thank you for bringing that clarity because behind the scenes and I and I kind of mentioned this in the beginning of of this conversation, but it was over 20 years ago that I said to the Lord, you say jump and I'll say how high. That so I have literally been doing my best. Again, I'm a flawed human being, but for over 20 years, I have been learning how to pursue Yahweh, learning how to follow Jesus, learning how to hear God's voice. So I've, I've been practicing and learning and growing at how to do that for over 20 years. And it wasn't always like that in the beginning. You know, there's like these times where I'm like crying out to the Lord. Let me, I just want to hear something from you. And it's just crickets. Yes. Right? And so it it takes time. It takes intentionality. It takes, you know, this is a journey. This life of following Jesus is a journey. And that's one of the beautiful things about it is it's a journey. It's unpredictable. It takes effort. It takes work. You know, God isn't in this little box that we want to put him in and expect him to show, you know, he's going to show up in ways we don't necessarily expect. And um, yeah. It, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. And but it's it, worth it. it. It's well worth it. It doesn't just show up overnight, you know, um but yeah, like I've spent twenty years trying to understand what does it mean to hear God's voice. and i I hope that in twenty years from now, I'll have an even better understanding of connectedness with Yahweh and one with God the father and 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 having that constant throughout the day connection, uh, with the Lord. So yeah, it takes time, energy, effort, and, um, you know, just keep practicing. And uh, there's, there's a song that is one of my new favorites. It's been around for a long time by, I think a relatively small known artist, um, Ed Cash, and it's called Great Things Take Time. And it's this beautiful picture of God's, the fact that great things take time, the fact that God has the patience to deal with Perry Hughes for freaking 20 years, trying to learn how to hear from him and communicate with him and follow him, you know, it just shows how much he loves us. He's that patient with me. Are you kidding me? This, you know, it's, uh, oh, oh, this is one other thing I wanted to say too. And I learned this a long time ago and maybe it will be relevant for some of the listeners. This idea that okay, I want to if we're coming to the table to say I want to hear something from God, right? But you're you're not getting a message. Maybe you ignored the last thing He told you. Maybe maybe you've been ignoring Him. Say, get Perry, This is an example from my life. Perry Hughes, give up alcohol. Mm. Give up alcohol. Stop. No more beer. No more. You know, I, I want you to give that up. And me arguing with God. Uh, don't you know how much I love Guinness? Like, what like, uh, I'm not an alcoholic. I just enjoy a cold beer at the end of a long day, right? Like, oh, I'm not out there getting drunk. What's the problem? Right. So it's me having this little argument with God, God's spirit within me calling me to a life that does not include alcohol, which I'm not saying there's something wrong with alcohol. One of Jesus' first miracles is turning water to wine. So anybody who says, Well, the Bible says you can't have alcohol, well, maybe we're not reading the same Bible right? Maybe you're not interpreting what it actually says accurately. But if the Holy Spirit prompts me, Perry Hughes, to to set aside alcohol and I disobey that, I don't do that. And God tells me that time and time and time again. And then I show up in the morning for my little prayer time and I'm like, okay, I want to hear a word from you. And it's crickets. He's like, I already gave you the word. I gave you that word. You're not following the instruction. So that's a great way to have some self analysis, some reflection, has God stirred something on your heart that you're not willing to obey, that you haven't come to a point of obedience in yet, and you're coming to the table asking for a new word from the Lord? Hey brother, follow the word He already gave you. And I say that not out of judgment against against anybody listening, I say it out of personal experience because I did it wrong, I did that wrong for so many years, right? So I wanted to share that with everybody and and hope that it might hope that it might challenge someone in a positive way as iron sharpens iron.
0: Well, I can tell you that at the very least it has challenged me. So thank you for sharing that Perry and what just a cool turn this conversation has taken. You know, I showed up thinking about the books that I wanted to talk about and interested to hear about the books you're reading Perry and and what you're listening to and and excited to share what I've been listening to and Here we ended up talking about hearing from God, you know, ultimately, like, how cool is that? And so, so yeah, man, I've been, I've been inspired, encouraged. I have no doubt that everybody listening has as well. And, and I just feel like this is a good place to wrap this episode up. I had alluded to a couple things that I wanted to talk about in terms of what I'm doing, but but truthfully, I don't think it's going to add anything to this conversation. And I feel like the Holy Spirit, frankly, has taken this conversation in a direction that uh, that is even more powerful. So let's just let this sit here. I do echo what Perry said and encourage everyone listening to, to wrestle with some of these concepts and ideas, and more importantly, to the pl- apply them in our own lives. And I guess that's how I will wrap things up. With my own encouragement to you, hearkening back really to the quote at the beginning of this episode that we shared, and that is a reminder that, yes, fatherhood can be challenging. There's no doubt about it, but our wish shouldn't be that fatherhood were easier. It's that we would be better better fathers. And that's why you're here. That's why we have shared books and resources and podcasts that we think are helping us to be better fathers. Hopefully you have been intrigued by some of them. Certainly encourage you to grab a title or two and start to read and listen as you pursue growth in your own fatherhood journey. So with that, we will wrap up this episode of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, Perry, as always. Thank you to the listeners for continuing to follow us. And we have a lot more in store for you in the coming weeks and months as we continue diving into 2023. But for now, I will sign off. Take care, everyone. And we will talk with you again soon.